Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly international land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts, guys. This is free land education, hard to find out there. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant with Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, who's out. She's writing an offer right now on some land, so we'll let her do that, and we'll carry on. She is my business partner. Buying and selling homes, land and farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, or southern Virginia, just give us a shout. Hey, guys, we'll help you out. Our office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Our company website is www.mylandpro.com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute, part of the National Association of Realtors. Our national website is www.rliland.com, rliland.com. Now listen to me. If you're in the mood to buy or invest in land or sell farm or land, go to this website because we have over 2,000 agents uh, that are active land brokers in the United States. And uh, we'll, uh, I've got over 680 accredited land consultants now. And uh, we are the people that know how to play the game. We'll save you money. Uh, if you're buying, we'll make you more money if you're selling. So go to that website, www.rliland.com. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors today, landhub.com, buying or selling land. Landhub is the place to be in Acre Value. Looking to find out what your neighbor's property sold for, see acrevalue.com. Hey, we got two guests today, and this is going to be a real interesting show because it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. An old friend and a new friend. So welcome uh, Jim Rothmitz, and, and um, he's a MAI, that's a Master's Appraiser Institute, and an ARA, and of course an accredited land consultant. And the, uh, he's got a podcast known as The Land Talker, and we're going to learn about it. And his partner Steve Rockus, who uh, is a good friend for many years. Um, Jim, like I said, has the uh, talk show Land Talker. Uh, it's, I think that's on your website. And if you're following along, you may want to go to it. It's real simple. It's landhero.us. Who is your land hero in the United States? Land Hero US. So we'll mention that several times. As long as you're not driving, uh, refer to that website. Um, Steve is formerly a founder of Farm Land Finder and now a partner with Jim in Land Hero. Uh, Jim's going to talk specifically about the 2003 farm values, farmland values, and what he's seeing in farmland trends on the market data. He also wants to talk about and ask why his partner with me with Land Hero, his vision for it and why he believes sharing this data is good for the market, uh, which is an incredible site because it's, uh, it's like a ticker tape up there at the top uh, of active sales. Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to turn it over to you guys, and I'm going to be quiet. Thanks, Lou. It's great to be back. Um, yeah, I'm going to turn the mic over to Jim. I mean, Jim and I have known each other for years. I think, Jim, it's been almost about a decade. Um, you know, that was when Farmland Finder was actually called Turva, and uh, I think that's the first time I heard about uh, – I was, I was trying to get in, into the land industry. I grew up on a dairy farm. You know, I was a farm kid from northwest Iowa. And I was asking around, who do I have to talk to to understand farmland? And uh, everyone said, I got to talk to the land talker. And, and that's, that's Jim. And so, uh, Jim, I'll turn the mic over to you. It's, it's uh, fun to be on the podcast with you, Lou. It's great to be back. Thank you. Um, and curious to, to hear how the year ended, uh, Jim, on, on farmland values in Iowa. Yeah, sure. No, thank you. Thank you for having us today, Lou. Of course, Jim. And, and, uh, Stephen and I, you know, we kind of got our start. Uh, you know, I was, uh, how, how, first of all, I want to talk about how I got the Land Talker handle. Okay. Uh, it's Twitter a great name. Had, Twitter had started, and uh, and I didn't know a whole lot about it, but as I learned more about it, I thought this, this could be a really nice tool to use to report auction, land auction results. And so as I was learning more about Twitter, uh, but you had to have a Twitter handle. So I thought, well, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll call myself a land talker. And that, that, that would be my Twitter handle. So that's kind of where it started. And so 
then I I just picked up that brand and and I use it all the time now. How long ago? Was, how long ago was that, Jim? Come again. How long ago was that when you started that? Oh, I'd say that's probably probably about ten years ago. Okay. Um, and so I started doing that. I I started uh, so I got me a Twitter account. And it, and the, and this was at the beginning of Twitter, and I didn't I didn't know a whole lot about it, but I I knew I thought it was it was a good thing that social media was was the future of real estate. And so as I started getting auction results, I started posting them, and as I posted them, oh my gosh, it just exploded on across uh, Twitter, and people would start following me and, and start uh, reposting those posts and. And it just kind of expanded from there. And at that time, the, the land market was pretty flat. So, you know, there wasn't those, uh, you know, here in Iowa, we have those sales north of $20,000 an acre quite frequently. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't have those back then. But uh, but when we started there and, and uh, right there after COVID, when that market really got aggressive, um, it, it really, really got popular and the reposts and the uh, likes and what have you really, really and, and it's just really uh, uh, people really follow me um, on Twitter now and, and that's because of, uh, they want real time information they want real time auction results and, and that's where they get it. it I post those results um, just about as soon as I, uh, I I watch a lot of auctions online now so I, I post those results probably within a half hour of, of the auction closing so um, if somebody's following me, they're getting real-time information, and it's very accurate information. So, um, so that, that's kind of how it started. And, um, you know, and then me and Steven kind of got to know each other. Uh, you know, I think he got pointed to, to me from other people that were following me on Twitter. And Steven asked me to meet up with him, and, and he was at that time starting Turbo, which turned into Farmland Finder. And... Um, I was always intrigued with Stephen. I thought he was a young guy out of college, and and he was an entrepreneur, and and I always liked him, still like him, and and so I thought he had a good idea, and so we've always kind of kept they stayed connected, and now we're partnering with with Land Hero. So that that's just kind of briefly how how it, how it went. Um, as far as the the land market here in Iowa. Um, I keep track of all the land auctions in Iowa, and I, as the, as I get the information, I put it in a spreadsheet, and at the end of the year, I run an analysis on those auctions. So, my when I when I put out my information, it's based on facts. There's no surveys in my information. It's all factual, and it's based off the auction data. There's no listings in this auction data. It's it's all auction data. And so, um, so I when I do my sort in my spreadsheet, um, I find sales um, 35 acres or larger, 80% tillable and larger or higher, and that's kind of the basis of what I use. Um, I throw out sales that's got like wind turbines on them or um, or highly improved farms. You know, those those are all thrown out. It's, right. it's basically. Uh, farms 35 acres or higher and 80% tillable and higher. And so um, this past year, uh, the market turned out to be very steady. Um, the, the statewide average for per tillable uh, acre here in Iowa, was, uh, based on my data, is $13,798 an acre. That's strong. So, um, so as I looked at it from last year, 2022, it's, it's down one per one point one percent, and so I consider that a stable market, a very stable market. Absolutely, um, very very surprising how stable it was. And as I look at the, as I go through the results, Lou, um, we started out the year strong, and then it started cooling off. Um, you know, in Iowa, like I was saying, it's not unusual to have sales twenty thousand acre higher, and uh, the first six months of the year, we only had two sales uh, at uh, north of twenty thousand dollars an acre. And uh, uh, but when harvest started, people were really uh, 
not sure what they had out in the field because it was so dry here. And and once they got out there and started picking corn, uh, they realized they had a decent crop. Matter of fact, they had a crop way better than what they thought they were going to have. So Interesting. we started getting sales north of $22,000 an acre there in October. We had seven sales north of $22,000 an acre here in Iowa. So we had a post-harvest bump. So um, if we wouldn't have had that, at the end of uh, the year, we, we would have probably been down more than 1%, but, but that helped. And so um, going forward, uh, I see a market. I, I'll tell you one thing, Lou. I, I do my auction research every three weeks, and I go through 130 uh, realtor uh, websites finding auction sale flyers. And I also look through their listings, and I and I try to find pending sales, and I, and I download those sales, sales flyers too. But one thing I noticed on this last time, this this past auction search I just did, there was a lot of listings that had price reductions. And when I seen that, I said this market's adjusting. So um, I think higher interest rates are cooling this market off, and I can see it's maybe um, sliding down a little bit. Not double digits, but maybe single digits here in Iowa for 2024. Okay. Um, so I, I think uh, interest rates are, are starting to have an effect on the market. And one thing I don't report on is, is auctions at no sale. And uh, so we've got some of those, and, and I don't, that's not in my data. So sure. there is a stick at, at farms at, at no sale at auction right now. Are these qualified sales? Are these cons- well in the, in, the, in the appraisal industry usually for sale by owners or transfer uh, for will and so on? Arm distance sales. Uh, I know a friend of mine works for a bank and that's what he does is he verifies calls the buyer, the seller, the attorney, uh, uh, the uh, listing agent, selling agent, and uh, qualifies was it a arm distance sale and was there anything particular about that particular sale? Makes notation and they turn around and sell that out to the to the uh, to the banks, call it yeah, qualified I sale. Use, I use these sales all the time in appraisals, and if it's a sale, if it's an auction uh, that I feel that that say like if it was a, a family member that the only family family members were bidding at the auction or something like that, I'd throw that auction. Okay, it would all be right. my data. I understand. Um, they're all, they're all arm's length in my opinion. So this is good bank information for making farm loans. <clears throat> they can use these as qualified sales, is my point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, and Jim, I'm curious, you know, uh, talk a little bit about over time when you first started sharing your data, um, you know, or tweeting the, the, the flyers and the results, you know, what was the response to that? And you were telling me a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back, that you kind of uh, stepped into some controversy with how willing you were to share some information around the farmland market and around uh, farmland rents. Uh, I'm curious to you can share share some of those experiences that you've had. Well, most everybody, uh, as far as the auctions, the land auction, the sales, everybody loves it because you know before Twitter, there was no way to find out about it uh, other than at the coffee shop and. So, and then I created my newsletter where I picked the month of that particular month and put those results on that newsletter and email it out. Um, people just love that because they never, there was no way to, to report those auctions. Um, it was all coffee shop talk. <laughs> and so, um, so, so people love. They love the, act, the the factual data. They 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 like the real time data, and and they, they they've never been able to get it until now. And and everybody loves it. It, it makes a difference um, of how things how business is done now. If you've got that accurate information, real time. Yeah, I'm gonna take a break, Jim. This is Jim and Steve. This is the the uh, Land Talker. The company name is LandHero.us, and we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com, 
So, Jim and Stephen, uh, tell, tell me more about this auction business and what you guys are doing in tracking because this is, uh, I don't know anybody in the country that's doing this personally, and I think uh, this might be something you might want to expand around the country. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's uh, uh, Somebody needed to do this, and so me and Stephen have decided to take this on. And uh, You know, earlier we were talking about land auctions, and Iowa has a very active land auction market. And and here the past couple of years, there's been some cash rent auctions, and that's uh, basically where um, rent is determined on a farm just um, on – via online auction and it's uh transparency and so um so you know people decide what they're going to pay for rent on a farm so say if you own 160 acres here in iowa um there might be a if you have a cash rent auction it'd be an online auction and we've seen um sale uh, cash rent go up north of 500 dollars an acre here in iowa wow that's strong and uh so And that that that's for people that are not producing on the on the farm. They're renting the land to another farmer, right, or an institution. That's right. That's right. That that landowner is opening his farm up to the local local farmers or whoever wants to bid yeah. on it. They're getting mailbox money. We call it. There you go. Absolutely. So, and one thing I found out reporting those results because we have some very aggressive cash rents here in Iowa. Uh, that some of that. Uh, that feedback I got off of Twitter, some of it wasn't very good uh, because um, some people, some farmers look at it as like, you know, you're telling the world, you know, what... Our, our secrets. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so uh, I had somebody tell me that you're pulling the curtain back on this cash rent uh, because a lot, most of it here in Iowa is privately negotiated. Right, so sure. I, I would say most of it's probably $100 under... Hundred dollars an acre under rentedness, in my opinion, based on some of the results I've got. Right. Um, so I found out posting those uh, cash rent auction results will get you some hate mail. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I tell you what, Lou. I, the hmm. reason why I started posting some of those results is because I was getting phone calls from people all over the country telling me about what they were getting cash rent for their farm and it was so below market it wasn't funny and and sent them you know the conversation went like this well my dad negotiated with the tenant a longtime family friend what the cash rent was well dad passed away and now i got to do it and i don't know where it needs to be at but the tenant says he can't pay anymore He's at the absolute top, and he's been paying the same rent for 20 years. Right. <laughs> and so I hear these horror stories, and it, it wasn't just one. There were numerous, and, and they were saying, you know, we need the money. we got to pay, you know, whatever, whatever. Taxes uh, and all the other stuff here in Gus. Yeah, and so, you know, where, where's market rent at? Well, so I started trying to get cash cash rent um, results. So here in Iowa, the prisons own farm ground, um, airports own farm ground, and all that is public information when they rented those farms out. So I started gathering that data up, and then there were some cash rent auctions that that had happened, and I was starting to report that. And It was just eye-opening how high those rents were. What's the highest you've seen? Yeah, and so so there was a lot of, you know, so I started putting the spreadsheet, and and so what what I noticed, the trend was around $5 per CSR2 point. So if you had a farm that had an 80 CSR2, your rent should be around, plus or minus, $400 an acre. And that's what I found out. What's the highest that you've seen, Jim? Uh, Over 600 That's a lot of money. <laughs> there's, there's, there's over six hundred dollars. There's, there's, there's some for the highest quality over six hundred dollars. Six hundred twenty dollars an acre. 
too, Lou. It's not unusual here in Iowa. There, there's several farms rented five hundred dollars or more an acre. There's several in Iowa like that. Well, and Jim, what role does? Uh, I'm curious. And we've seen these online platforms for, you know, farmland, you know, rental marketplaces, and you can kind of publicly see what those, you know, online cash rent bids are and, and where the values are. Um, you know, how has the internet and this online auction, whether it's for, you know, sales or for rentals, how's that different today than it was when you first started appraising? And, and what do you think the impact of that in the market is? Because you've been at this for a while. Right, 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 right. Well, when I first started out, uh, there wasn't any online auctions. Um, it was all live, live auctions. You'd go in there and, and bid on a farm. And it really didn't change until COVID hit. And COVID just changed the whole thing. And, and the adaptation to online was incredibly fast. And it went incredibly well, too. And that's the biggest change is, is how people have accepted doing that online. Because before COVID, it, there was nobody wanted to do that. They said, I can remember talking to realtors that, you know, this, you, you cannot sell a farm online. You just, you, you got to be in the room. Everybody's got to be there and everybody's got to see the auctioneer and the ringman and all that. They said, I, I've heard realtors say that's the only way to do it. Well, COVID proved different. Don't you think that makes a better better auction because now it's, uh, you don't know who's you're bidding against. It's, it's, it's anonymous. I mean, uh, otherwise, if you had a live auction, you know, you saw the farmer down the road. You, you know most of the people there. You know who's got the money and who doesn't. I mean, that's, you know, pre-auction. That's I've done a lot of them. That's what you do. You canvass the audience and see who the bidders are going to be. Uh, but on, oh. a, on a live auction, uh, you don't know who's bidding against who. Right, right. So say, like, if, if a tenant's bidding on a farm uh, in, in a live auction, there's people in that room that might not would, would bid against them. But they would if they were online and nobody knew who was bidding. Sure. <laughs> hey, I got a question, oh. Jim. Um, yeah. Not all land is sold, farmland is sold at auctions. A lot of them sold through the real estate industry, through the land brokers, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Here in Iowa, I would say it's about half auction, half listing. That's half my list. question. Yeah, about half, 50-50. But that's, in, that's increasing, right? Isn't that increasing over time? Are more people going to the auction method? I'd say it's increasing, especially this last run-up, Lou, that we had. There was only one way to find out where the top of the market was, and that, and that was auction. Yep, that's a, that's the purest, that is the purest value of real estate. When that gavel goes down and says sold, I don't care any other methodology that's used in transferring property. That, to me, is uh, the purest value of that property at that time, right? Oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And, you know, Iowa has, uh, you know, they, they accept the, the auction method, uh, whereas I'm from Missouri, and down in Missouri, they do some auctions, but it's not as accepted down there as it is up here. Right. And uh, so, so when I moved to Iowa, I realized they had a gift here to negotiate these farms transparent, the, the transparency way of, of, of an auction. How, how, how does Iowa and the, and the uh, Farm Belt rate in terms of uh, overall production yield? Uh, oh, man. Well, I was number one in corn, number one in beans, number one in hogs, number one in eggs number one in ethanol, uh, as far as volume of production, um, it's just really powerhouse from an ag state. I, I, I don't know where we rate on uh, bushels per acre, you know, compared to anyone else. Right. Jim, I don't know if you know that, but it, it's got to be up there. That's what I was thinking, but I want to point that out. Um, this, this analysis that you're doing, um, I mean, wouldn't you want to expand this to some of the other uh, farm belt states? I mean, this this would be an incredible use of data. That's the hardest thing. That's the hard. I'm trying to find people come that can come on this show, and talk about values of land. Uh, even even our, our National Association of Realtors, 
Everything's houses, 98% of all the stats. On the TV, they, that's all they talk about is the housing market, and it's up, it's down, it's this, it's that. But nobody's talking about land. That's why I got this show. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I agree with you, Lou. It would be nice if, uh, if we had this in other states. I've had numerous people ask me uh, why I don't do it in, in other Midwestern states. And I can't keep up with it. It's hard enough to keep it up. You've got to build your staff up, buddy. <laughs> well, I praise full time. Anybody looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, uh, but, you know, I praise full time. And, and, you know, the data I put out is uh, I, I'm using that data every day. And, and I'm just sharing what I use every day uh, to do my job. So that, that's why I do that. And, um, and one thing I always um, thought of is sharing data is a good thing. Absolutely. It's what makes the world go around. Yeah. And I, I, for some reason, I'm one of the few people that think that way. Uh, but if people would share more data, they, they would generate more business if they had it. So you're following, Jim, you guys are following auction sales. Uh, but don't don't you get some other comparable sale or sales outside of the auction where people uh, will call you or contact you and let you know about a particular sale? Aren't you gathering other data other than that one source? Yeah, yeah. So so uh, when I do my auction research every three weeks, I go through 130 some websites, and I I download the auctions that they have upcoming and the pending sales. So as they post, uh, you know, their listings that, that say pending, I'll download those auction flyers. And then, uh, you know, typically those pendings will close in 30 days, and I'll try to go back and get right. that. Uh, now, these, these, are, these, are pure, these are pure land sales, unimproved in terms of structure. Is that right? This is raw land? I mean, not raw land, uh, production, productible land, but this is not uh, – uh, uh, corn bins and fencing and all this other kind of stuff, right? This right. Is, Most of it's just pure corn and soybean land. Right. Yep. And then you got different classes of soil. How does that uh, affect? Uh, was it A, B, and C? Is that the three three uh, classifications? Well, what we do here, we use the CSR2, the corn suitability rating uh, here in Iowa. So those sale flyers will have that corn suitability rating on those sale flyers. Okay. And what we do here in Iowa is uh, we tie the sale price and the CSR2 rating together. So a lot of times when I report sales, I'll say it it sold for $180 per CSR2 point. And all that is is, um, you know, the dollars per acre divided by the uh, CSR2 rating of the farm. And who sets the CSR2 rating? Iowa State University sets that, okay. and it, it stays the same. You know, so if your farm is 80 CSR2, it'll be that way 200 years from now. Now, does each state have their own uh, chart there, or is it uh, that consistent for all the uh, other states? Well, uh, like Illinois has a productivity index uh, that's different. Uh, Minnesota has their own productivity index, so... I think Iowa's the only one that has a corn suitability rating, but it's the same as a productivity index. But okay. um, but, but say like Missouri, they don't have anything, and uh, they don't have any productivity ratings. Now, so, Jim, does, is there a NCCPI that the these kind of like a federal USDA one? Do some states use that, or is that not as prevalent? Well, they they do have it, uh, but I don't know how to use it. <laughs> well, I, they, I, they keep it a secret. I, they keep it a secret, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I'm gonna do another break here if it's okay with you guys. Uh, we we oh, got good. two qualified gentlemen on the show today: Jim Rossmuzzi and uh, my buddy Steve Rockus. And this is Let's Talk Land, and we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Uh, are you looking to buy or sell land? LandHub. .com previews thousands of properties nationwide. That's landhub.com. And our good friends at Acre Value, if you want to know who owns the field down the road and what it's sold for, the best place to research the land. It's all free 
uh, one of the parts of their site is acrevalue.com. Hold on one second, Rodney. Okay, we've got two distinguished gentlemen on this morning, Jim Rothmus and Steve Brockus of landhero.us. That's their website, www.landhero.us. So who's your land hero in the United States? And you can find these two guys at the other end. And they're tracking, they're tracking auction sale, farmland auction sale uh, in Iowa and uh, doing a great job at it. So I want to find out more about it. You bet, you bet. Um, so, Lou, what me and me and Stephen have teamed up and um, created, and, and Stephen has created Land Hero, and he's kind of doing the software um, uh, to make it easy to, to get sale information. And I'm providing the, the auctions, the results of the auctions, and I'm also providing uh, those sale flyers I talked about at the pending sales. So, if you're a realtor, or a banker or an attorney and you need to find out um, sale information in a county that, that and you need current data no time lag Land Hero is where you need to go because Steven's got it and he's got subscriptions available there um, it's just for Iowa right now but we are talking about expanding into other states well I hope you do this is some good stuff so. guys so um, with that, I need to go. I'm going to let Stephen take over and talk over, talk, talk more about it. Thank you for your time this morning, Jim. I hope to meet you soon. Thanks, Jim. All right, Stephen, it's your turn. Well, wonderful. Well, Jim's a treat, isn't he? Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's every time, uh, whether we're sitting in a coffee shop, talking on the phone, <laughs> doing something like this, the time just goes by so fast. Um, there's a reason they call him the land talker. I remember when I we first see. met, uh, he told me that he spends um, he full-time job appraiser, um, but he spends probably just as much time picking up the phone, calling auctioneers. And oftentimes he's the first one to call an auctioneer, um, you know, right after the auction is done to, to get those results. And so uh, it's, it's just fun to partner with someone who just loves loves land, uh, just, just like you do, Lou. Yeah, and he's an accredited land consultant too, so uh, kudos to that. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, it was really fun. Um, you know, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about Land Hero. Yeah, please. Um, you know, this came about because uh, Jim had reached out earlier this summer, um, and he's got the Land Talker brand, and he said, hey, I'm looking at trying to do more with the Land Talker brand. He's got his own newsletter that comes out monthly. If you haven't seen that, you have to subscribe to it, where he gives commentary every month on the land market. Um, he's on Twitter, you know, at the Land Talker on Twitter. Um, he's posting auction results every single day and sale bills and flyers. And so some of them get a lot of activity and really get picked up. Um, but he said, well, that, I want to do something more. And so we started brainstorming on, on what that might look like. And he's always been a big believer in, hey, the more that we can share information about the market, the better. Everyone no, I agree with that. that. Sure. Um, and, and I share the same mindset. Um, you know, I'd worked with Jim on a couple of projects back in the farmland finder days when we were uh, sharing data online and um, and with this, he said, well, what if we just made it really, really simple? And so the idea with Land Hero is, is Jim's put in all of these hours, this work collecting um, sales data, auction results. Um, and so what Land Hero does is folks can go to the website, uh, create an account, and they can subscribe to get access to all of Jim's data. And so when you've got an account on Land Hero, uh, you can pull up a dashboard. It shows you a spreadsheet of all the auctions. Um, you can filter them by county, by region, um, by size, by soil productivity, and quickly see all of the same comps that, that Jim uses when he does all of his appraisals. Um, it includes some of his notes on them as well. Uh, sometimes there's notes about the, the way the auction happened or if it was an investor buyer versus a farmer buyer. Uh, so there's some additional notes and details in there. Um, and then on your dashboard, uh, it also has some of the, the data, charts and graphs and analytics like Jim was kind of talking about. And so you can see what the trends are over time and say, hey, in this county over the last three years, it looks like you know high quality ground has been increasing in value, but medium and low quality ground has been flat. Um, or you can see the volume, the transactional volume of you know, how many sales are happening at any point in time. And so the goal is just to really be a resource that in as close to real time, uh, Jim said that's really, really important. Absolutely. Um, you know, as, as close to real time as possible, get that information. So 
so that whether you're appraising a farm, underwriting a farm, buying a farm, selling a farm, helping negotiate uh, for a private deal for a farm, um, you've got some data at, at your fingertips. Uh, you know you can trust it because it's the same data that uh, Jim, you know, a certified appraiser, you know, for his entire life, uh, you know, his professional career, um, you know, has really put his name behind. Um, and it's just really simple. You just sign up for a subscription online, enter your credit card and check out, and uh, now you've got full full access to that data and information. What else can they find on your uh, website, landhero.us? Yeah, well, Lou, it's fun. You, you kind of mentioned it, but on the homepage, there's a ticker, and it shows the most recent. Yeah, that's neat. It's like results. a Wall Street tape running across. <laughs> it, it's fun to see that. It is you know, fun. Uh, across uh, the website. Yeah, that's very attractive. Yeah. The, the other thing that we're working on, um, we've had uh, a number of clients uh, request uh, for actually seeing the sale bills on these fly, or right. on these sale records um, and seeing a map so they can actually see, you know, where did that, where's that property? I want to be able to see a, an aerial image of that. And so those are two features that we're working on adding to That'd the software cool. right now. Yeah. Uh, that way you've got just a little bit more. I know every appraiser, you know, even, you know, bankers, you know, not only are they going to look at the data, they want to verify and trust it um, or verify it themselves. And so, you know, we're, we're going to try to provide even a little bit more information because Jim has these sale bill flyers, you know, going back for a few years. Um, so we're working on tying those in to, to the spreadsheet of data, uh, to all the records, uh, as well as getting them pinned on the map. That way, uh, the user experience is just a little bit better for folks. To, to <laughs> visuals are great. Anytime you do visuals, it always helps. Oh, ab- ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and, and, and the question that I get all the time, you know, uh, especially for folks in the industry is, you know, why would I pay for, for access to this data? Um, you know, I've got my own data set. I spend my own time doing it. Um, you know, wh- what's, what's another expense? You know, why would I do that? And, and, and really, you know, when Jim talks about it, when I think about it, um, you know, if you're an appraiser um, or if you're trying to understand the market, um, you're going to use as many resources as, as you can. You, know, you might find the sale bills from sales in the area. You're keeping tabs of things on your own. You're going to go to the county assessor website. So Land Hero is not meant to be a replacement of all those necessarily, um, but to be additive to that process. Um, because you know you can rely on Jim and his research and his work and his team to have got that data, have it up to date, have it reliable. You can see it. That's over important. Time. That's very important. And so. The goal is just to be another resource to help out. And, and the way I think about it, you know, if you're paying, you know, 100 bucks a month for a subscription to Land Hero, you know, if, if it saves you an hour or two hours a month, you know, your time is probably worth more than 100 bucks, you know, over over that amount of time. And so it seems like a no-brainer just to sign up um, and, and get access to it. And I think, you know, in the future, um, you know, the, the professionals, you know, it used to be, you know, that the person who had all the information is, is the one who has all the value. And with the internet and with all these online auctions and with all this information being shared everywhere, um, I think it's not only the person who has the information, but the person who knows what to do with it. And that's where I, I think for the land professionals who know what to do with the data, how to help people understand what that means, how to help people you know, price a farm or, 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 or pick a value for a farm they're going to buy or negotiate. If that's where the real value is from the, the professionals in the industry. Um, it's not so much more who's the gatekeeper of this information because everyone knows uh, that that you know the largest brokerage firm, you know, and Jim and you know everyone in between, they all have probably similar data. Um, they're watching the farmland sales in the market, but all those people are spending a lot of time gathering it themselves. And so, um, what we're just trying to do is provide a tool so that well, you guys are spending a lot of time a gathering. Bit less time. Yeah. So talking about the professionals who benefits from it, you know, you're talking about real estate agents like myself, obviously appraisers because they've got to they've got to have a source uh, to uh, do an appraisal. Land investors uh, and speculators, uh, agricultural researchers, they want to know what's going on. Uh, I mean, there's a there's there's a big audience out there that uh, that uh, can use this timely information. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and what's interesting, I, I saw a stat. Uh, I was doing a little bit of digging, and the Appraisal Institute said that in the state of Illinois, in 2005, there was about you know 1,200 um, appraiser trainee applications. Now that that's not just farmland appraiser you know applications, but right. that's all all types of appraisers. Sure. It said in 2015 there was only 55. Really. And so for the appraisal industry, over that 
10-year you know, decade, that's a 95% decline on the amount of new people that are getting into, into appraising. Um, and now that's not just farmland, but I have to believe that that trend is very similar in farmland. And when you look at the amount of people, you know, and Jim talks about this all the time, he's gotten apprentices, you know, because most students go through their four-year college degree. They say, hey, I think I'm interested in, in doing farmland appraisal, um, but now I've got to, you know, go be a, be a trainee, be an apprentice um, for two years, um, you know, underneath a certified appraiser. I've got to, you know, cut my teeth there, learn from them. Well, that, that's a six-year, you know, education before they can actually get started into their profession. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I think it's a real bottleneck for folks in the industry to get into it. So I think in the future, um, if this trend continues, which I think with the advent of technology and things like chat GPT and artificial intelligence, um, I, I think there's going to be less people who are appraising in the future. They're going to have to appraise more land. And I think the way that you do that is by using tools, you know, like your computer, like the Internet, like Land Hero, you know, like these shared databases. Um, and, and you try to streamline and automate um, that work so you can, you, can, you can provide those professional services. Right. And that's where I think it's, it's super exciting in the future. There's so many people who can benefit from, from tools like this in this very niche market of people who are crazy about farmland. Well, it is. Um, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a fun, fun, fun group of people to, to spend time with. There's quite a few. That, like, there's several because I've had them on my show, uh, websites out there that uh, track sales. Uh, I know I was using one today. I couldn't find anything in my MLS uh, comparable to this particular rural re- remote property. And so I said, well, you know, I remember the other one, and I've had him on the show, and I went there, and I was able to find some. These are just regular sales. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, – but you guys have cornered the market there on a specific uh, uh, part of our industry, and that nobody was really, uh, you know uh, – Putting it all together like you have. It, it says on your website, uh, comparable farmland sales, access farmland sales, comps verified by the most reputable uh, brands in the ag appraisal, about 6,500-plus comparable sales records in the Iowa 99 counties uh, are sourced and verified by trusted uh, agricultural appraisal companies. So uh, that's... Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. And that's where, you know, Jim and I were you know, starting in Iowa, um, you know, really making sure that it's a product that people want and that provides value. Um, and then Jim's talked about it, but we are looking to expand to other states and we're open to partnering uh, with other appraisal firms, with other farmland um, brokerage firms, you know, realtors, people who have uh, farmland sales data and are open minded and willing to um, share that information. Um, providing more transparency into the market. And so, you know, right now we're you know, just focused right now on, on Iowa and, and getting the word out. Um, but um, I think Jim's got a lot of aspirations to, to do more of this um, in more states, and, and, and I'd love to be along for that journey as well. Stephen, would you guys ever consider including actual auctions coming up, promoting auctions? Where yeah, a person we have can go talked in? about it, and, and that might be something uh, that we look to do because Jim does track upcoming auctions. What's going on? Yeah, he's doing it, but you know, like an auction calendar to see what's going on. Um, But I think there's so many, yeah, so many great ideas of things that could be done with it. Yeah, a year off is a good start here, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we appreciate it, and and it's fun, you know. When um, if Jim he approached me, said he's wanting to do a little bit more. Um, You know, my background being in product and software, and um, you know, being in this industry as well, um, I thought, hey, this is a no-brainer if we can partner together. Um, and you know we're 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 not venture backed, so we don't have big institutional money behind us. Um, you know we're a pretty small team. You're in the garage yeah. right now, aren't you? Say that again. You're in the garage right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, they call that you know working towards ramen profitability uh, is what they say in the startup world. Um, but you know, and this isn't really farmland related, but I do think in in today's world um, where there are tools like ChatGPT. Um, and other large language models um, that are kind of taking the world by storm, uh, the cost of building very specific tools, uh, uh, software tools, uh, will go down drastically. And I think we'll live in a future where you can build uh, way uh, a lot new software um, and new tools for very specific applications like appraisal, like ag real estate, like farmland investing, that in the past it was just too expensive to create. Yeah. And so it's exciting to me, you know, and I think this tool represents something like that, um, where 
cost to create really interesting, valuable software um, will we'll reduce and reduce and reduce. And I think um, it, it'll be amazing just to see all the new products that can be created you know, yeah. for the ag industry specifically. And it's interesting to see how the, uh, uh, the counties around the country have uh, modernized uh, with their information access. Uh, there's still a few out there that's, uh, you know, in the cave. But uh, the majority of the country, I was talking to one company on my show not too long ago, and uh, they source uh, all over the United States uh, sales data, and uh, yeah. and that's what they were talking about. I mean, they're covering about 98% of the country right now. There's still, oh, wow. there's still a few holdouts out there that, you know, you got to do it the old-fashioned way. But uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah. I, I remember when I started, uh, and by the way, I'm coming up on my 30th year anniversary <laughs> coming up uh, Ju July 7th, and loved every minute of it, which I've done it longer. But uh, in the old days, Stephen, you, you go to the courthouse, and you know I'm, I'm kind of in between two counties, so it's about 25, 28 minutes uh, in east and 25 minutes west to go pull data, and you go to the mapping office, and usually it was in the basement, and you go to the filing cabinet, and you pull up Steve Brockus, and you can pull up your property cards, which would have <laughs> your tax ID on it and you know other information, but it would have a uh, a code for uh, uh, the mylars. There was uh, uh, racks and racks of mylars in metal containers that you'd pull up like the old newspapers. They used to put them on the wooden stick, and uh, and uh, and you go in there and you pull up the uh, the actual tax map of that property. If it's a large property, you may have to pull three or four maps just to piece them together to get the, the whole picture of, uh, of the 300 acres, if, uh, for example. And you'd pull that mylar out and give it to the mapping guy, and he'd sandwich it with the blueprint paper, the old yellow paper, and run it through a black light, and voila, you've got the tax map, okay? Uh, that's mm -hmm. about to, to yeah, it's, a, it's amazing just how much technology has just changed that entire process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's so different. Yeah, and, I, then, and, then, would... and then you would go, to, just to finish that, but then you'd go and, You'd pull the, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd buy the, uh, for your counties, you'd buy the uh, uh, Corps of Engineer uh, topography maps, which fortunately were to scale. And I had a big plate glass window in my office, and I used to tape the uh, topo map on the window and then sandwich it, uh, overlay it with the, uh, with the new uh, blueprint of the property and sit there with a number two pencil and draw the topo lines on the map. <laughs> That's amazing. That's it's, amazing. Uh, yeah, see, I, re I remember I was uh, I was really involved in SFA, and there was one event that Orion Samuelson uh, was flying into town, and I got ta tagged to go to the airport and pick him up. And so I, I went and picked up Orion Samuelson from the airport. Was driving to this SFA event, and uh, we were talking. He had just he had just released a book um, talking about his life and reflecting on some of the changes he's seen in his life in agriculture. And so I asked him as we were sitting in the car, and I said, hey, Oregon, what's, what's the biggest change that you've seen technologically in your lifetime um, in agriculture? And he goes, Stephen, and he gave the date, and I can't remember what the date was, but right. he gave me a date, and he says, that's the day that electricity was wired to the barn. <laughs> he, said it, he said it changed everything. Yeah, sure. We did chores earlier in the morning and at night. We could do things outside of the regular, you know, sun up, sun and down hours. He goes, that was the biggest technological change in my life. And uh, it was just so amazing to think, you know, in my life, you know, and reflect on, well, what was the biggest technolo technological change? I remember the day that dial-up internet was wired to our barn. And we had a little computer in, um, it, it was hardly an office. It was like a, almost like a bathroom stall-sized room in our barn, but there's a computer there. Um, and I remember that. That, that barn, our barn had dial-up internet wired to it before we had wow. dial-up internet to our house. Unbelievable. And it's just amazing just how quickly technology changes. And if you ask, you know, the next generation or kids that are growing up today, you know, I can't even imagine what their answer is going to be for, you know, what's the biggest technological change in your life? Because I feel like there's so many changes that happen with technology. And uh, I think sometimes people can get kind of scared, you know, off yeah. of that. Uh, to me, I think it's really exciting because I think it creates a really – um, you know, optimistic future uh, with a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. Um, but there's a lot of change coming, and we've had a lot of change in agriculture, and uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to be able to uh, contribute to part of that change in, in a very, very, very small way. Uh, I've heard well, Jeff just, on, on just look at the agricultural equipment, you know, uh, from, the oh, old, yeah. from the old uh, tractors that had the metal wheels 
and uh, you know now you've got the computerized equipment you know with the with the uh, GPS satellite and and uh, you're sitting there reading a book it's sort of like the uh, uh, the self-driving cars and you've got this, <laughs> yeah this, it's it's quite incredible it's quite uh, incredible and I think in the future I mean you'll have tractors that are combining in the field all by themselves yeah they'll be dumping you know into an autonomous grain cart and that grain cart will automatically get itself to the bin site and dump that grain into the bin site that automatically drives and automatically be picked up and dropped off in the co-op. It's an incredible future. And, uh, you know, it's and now, I mean, I, I, I was talking, uh, and it'll be uh, out pretty soon. Uh, one of my, one of my uh, guests has uh, been on the show several times. He's an ecologist. Uh, and uh, they're in the process. I saw the beta on it, of building a, a website that has 71 layers involving environment and uh, mm. it's down to like the corner of your your uh, your uh, track of land that's not producing the same yield as the other and what it needs mm. uh, yeah. from satellite so, from satellite true. analysis uh, mm. it's, it's uh, you know the, another guy a PhD I interviewed uh, I think University of Missouri and he's got a, 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 a spreadsheet site that uh, tells you how many uh, hours you use your tractor and how much the fuel is. He, he, he said, I can get it down to within uh, 90, I do 95% of what it costs to operate a farm. Wow. And I mean, you know, you take all this data and what you guys are doing, uh, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just making, making it easier for, for the investors to make decisions on where should I go. The only thing that 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 uh, is uh, unknown is weather, and weather can ruin your day. <laughs> and I don't think anybody can project that. Although I did have a guest years ago that uh, that uh, was uh, uh, he can tell you what the weather's going to be anywhere in the United States three years from now, uh, within wow. three, within five degrees. And I said, who, who who do you sell this to? He said, my biggest customer is Walmart. And I said, why Walmart? He says, because you know they buy off season. So they want to know how much snow it's going to get, so they know how many jackets and sleds to buy because they can over-inventory, cost them money. He said, they pay me handsomely for this information. So, wild. That is wild. But, um, so Land Hero, I love that name. I love that name. <laughs> and Doc, well, 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 Jim is my land hero, so yeah. that's a, it's a fitting name. The Land Talker. I may have to steal that someday. <laughs> I guess that's what I do, right? I'm the... I'm the land hero and the land talker of my radio show here. So. Mm -hmm. It's a fun one. It's a fun one, Lou. So we got about four minutes left. What do you want to talk about? Oh, man. Well, there's so much to talk about. I mean, the landmark is exciting. Technology is exciting. Yeah, so I grew up on a, on a fifth-generation family dairy farm. So I grew up feeding calves, milking cows, skipping school to do field work. Um, I think half the time, you know, I was probably, I don't know if I was worth my work, uh, on on the farm because I'd you know break machinery or <laughs> you know, not always be be the most helpful. But I do uh, the biggest change that's happened on our farm in the last two years uh, is we, we've been milking out of a, a barn that's over 100 years old, um, small little parlor, uh, can milk 24 cows out of it at one point in time, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we have a really hard time getting labor. And so when you talk about technology changing an industry. Um, this past year, we installed four robot milkers on our farm, um, put about half of the herd through it. Um, there was a little bit of a revolt from some of our employees because <laughs> they, they saw that it might take some of the hours that sure. we get. Um, but for our small family farm, you know, technology is something that um, we're, we're trying to find ways to adopt it to solve the challenges that we have, and our biggest challenge is labor. And so I think if you just fast forward in agriculture, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, you know, not only will, will there be robotic milkers, you know, like we've installed, but who knows? Uh, there's companies out there right now building humanoid robots, you know, that could go do anything that a human can do. Right. And uh, it's going to be a pretty wild future um, when you think about just the pace of technology. And yeah. um, I, I think that's, that's personally exciting, Lou. I understand. My grandfather, we're six generations uh between my grandfather and great-grandfather, they bought uh, uh, 18 farms between 1909 and 1929. And my mm. grandfather had a dairy uh, that uh, uh, when it was sold, after the third generation got tired of it, uh, there were 600 milkers and uh, 
and we still had the uh, the uh, like hundred year old uh, milk barn, and I think mm -hmm. it had uh, 12, 12 uh, units in it. But you know, it took them it took them like six months to liquidate those uh, those cows. Half of them went to Michigan, the other half went to Florida. They got twelve mm -hmm. chicken houses now, so that was the replacement. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. My family still milks cows, and when I asked my grandpa or my uncle about it, uh, they they they're, they're a good farmer. They said, "Well, I've been milking cows for my entire life, and I still don't know if I know how to make money, but I enjoy milking cows." I remember my grandfather oh. saying, "He said after all these years, he said I'm still making about two cents per gallon," and he said, uh, <laughs> "You know, it's just there's no future in profit uh, in the milking industry." You know, of course, at that time when our farm was sold, the dairy part of it was sold. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, there was, uh, back in the old days, there were like 80 small uh, milking farms. And when granddaddy sold his, or the kids sold it, he's dead. But there were only two left in the county. Wow. Wow. And that's where I just, a huge kudos and shout out to everyone who farms out there and every farmer because it, it's something that you only do if you love it. Um, and, and I think that's what makes those people just so great to work with and to work for. The salt of the earth. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, buddy. We're going to close out here in a few minutes. Um, how, how do people get in touch with you guys? And you can give Jim's information if you want. Uh, you can give yeah, your phone number. We don't publish them, but definitely your website and your email address so people can find no, you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just go to www.landhero.us. Um, you can see everything we're doing um, on, you know, giving people access to, to the, the land data and uh, you can sign up for a subscription right there um, you can email us and, and that will go directly to me and connect you to Jim uh, you can find both of us on Twitter he's at the land talker um, and he's posting every auction and sale results and everything he finds in the farmland market um, my Twitter account is at Stavi Brock um, and and you'll see things on there from time to time as well um, but would love to engage and chat and uh, we love farmland and so um, if you got any questions or ideas or things that you want to partner on, um, you know, reach out. Would uh, love to have a conversation. Help them get out of the garage, guys. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we, we want, and if you're looking for a job, uh, sounds like this is the and you're in the, that area. Where, where are you? Where's your office at? Uh, we're, we're based out of uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines. Okay, what a great city that is. Uh, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. So uh, good stuff out there. That the uh, salt of the earth. So. Uh, Stay, stay on after we close out here so I can send you off properly, all right? <laughs> Sounds great, Lou. Okay, Let's buddy. Um, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. All questions and comments are welcomed. This show is for the public and most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows can be found on our master website, www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. And my email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. And my cell number is 336-669-1405. Our company website is www.mylandpro.com. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, landhub.com. Are you looking to buy or sell land? Landhub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. That's landhub.com. And Acre Value, if you want to know who owns the land or the field down the road or what it sold for last year, the best, best place to research the land, all free, is at acrevalue.com. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to wkte1090.com. And also, they can check out the simple radio app and hear us anywhere in the world, wherever I their travels may be. What about the universe? Well, I guess you could go there also. I mean, everything goes into the universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is your space traveler or NASA? They can listen to it. And they, we might need to and ask the, and see and when the I alien, get back. The aliens can listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. How about that? So you just do what? You just download the simple radio simple app on any device. On any device. And your you phone, put in tablet, WKTE. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's, you don't have to put it in 1090. Just WKTE. WKTE and bring it right up then. And then if they're not listening to my show this morning from 10 to 11 o'clock a.m. They can listen to Beach and Oldies music. And what kind of music is that? It's only happy music because we we're trying to get everybody in the world happy. Well, we want everybody to be happy. That's right. Okay. 
And we won some nice awards. Yeah, nine years in a row being the top beach in Oldies Radio Station. Where? In the on the East Coast. The whole East Coast? Yeah. Mm, that's amazing. It is. And you won a nice award. Yeah, the Reader's Choice Announcer of the Year Award. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. All right, we'll see you next week.